and welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined myself and Paul and Matt. As together, we young adults seek the face of Christ in the midst of today's crazy and mixed-up world. And this world is so mixed up in part because it's not following the teachings of Christ, and particularly a group of teachings known as Catholic Social Teaching, which uh, if you heard our first episode on Catholic Social Teaching, we kind of talked about some different themes, like the, the dignity of the human person made in the image and likeness of God, and we talked about uh, kind of the preferential option for the poor. But there are seven themes of the Catholic social teaching, and uh, I think Paul actually has them all on a sheet of paper right in front of him, as you can hear. The famous Rush Limbaugh. That's right. Crinkling paper. That's right. <laughs> anyway. So what, what are they? Read them off real quick. You what? want to know all of them? Yeah, I mean, there's only God. seven. Okay. Right? Life and dignity of the human person. Check, we got that. <laughs> Call to family, community, and participation. Oh, that's a good one. Rights and responsibilities. We touched on that a little bit last time. Option for the poor and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The dignity of work and the rights of workers. We talked about that. Solidarity and care for God's creation. Ah, yeah. Solidarity. We'll be talking about some of that today. So that's actually one of the greatest uh, themes of Catholic social teaching, solidarity, which means that we are our brother's keeper. We can't be like radical individualists and say the only person that matters is myself. So... Do you see individualism in your own life? Yes. Yeah. How does that manifest itself? And like me personally? Yeah. Con- uh, true confessions, right? Now. Yeah, I think I have a. I I constantly want to do what I want to do. Is how it manifests. I I tell myself, "Come on, Matt, don't be an egotist." Mm. And sometimes I fail, but sometimes <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the, it's, it's woven into every part of the day. Almost is in, is focused on the individual, which is not good, right? Right. And so, like things like prayer and and doing things outside of you know yourself is really important, um, and it takes you out of that moment. Because um, when I think about it, like and when I'm working, when I'm, I'm most of my day is spent working. I work a lot, um, and. I just, it, it almost feels like at the end of every day, it's like a very individualistic thing. Um, not that I don't help my coworkers and there's, you know, good that comes out of it, but it just feels like at the end of most days, it's just like, wow, that was, that was a good day. And I did a lot of work. So do you not right. see yourself as part of a bigger community, part of a bigger team? At work? Yeah, or, or, or at home. Yeah. yeah, well, no, I do. And I think that's where um, staying close to the faith and and making it a priority in my life, not a secondary, has been really important. And that took a long time for me to get to that point, um, balancing career and that. So mm. now it's like, you know, if I got to come record a podcast on a Thursday night and I have a whole stack of emails I have to get through, like I just don't, I'll do it later or something. Like I make room for it yeah. now. And I think it took, it took a long time in my career to figure that out. I, um, I think when you're single too, you're a little bit more individualistic. Oh yeah. Obviously when you get married, your life can't revolve around you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's been a space, uh, for self-denial for me. And, uh, this has been something that I have recently been trying to work into my own life in, in several capacities. Uh, but, but, you know, my relationship with my fiance is, is a, obviously an endless opportunity for that kind of self-denial to, to say, you know what, why don't you pick the movie? You know what I mean? Which is like, (laughs) Mm. which is like, it's so dumb how hard that can be. 
you know, <laughs> to say like, no, we won't watch, you know, another Marvel movie because you don't want to. <laughs> uh, but but also, uh, you know, for me, because, uh, um, you know, all jokes aside from saying that I'm a total egotist because I try not to be. And a total but, nerd with the Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I would say nerd. that my, what's weird is that like my natural disposition is not toward myself. Hmm. I, even though That's I just, awesome. even though I just said that, but, but I, I don't get, I don't, and what I, I guess my point was is that I don't, I don't get joy out of it. Mm. Right. Like I, I like, last time I mentioned, um, going to the father Solana's kitchen in Harlem, like that's joy for me. You know, I'll throw a big party at my house and invite 60 people and do all the work for it. And that for me is cause it's like, it's not for me, it's for the people. And for me, that's, that's like joyous, even though I'm working and stressed and Buddy and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, you know, usually when I throw a party, I do like thirty thousand steps. So, oh my god, yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's okay. But that's that's my natural disposition. But then I find myself the day to day is just, I don't know, it's just, I just feel, I don't know, it's very individualistic. Yeah. There, there's a, uh, it's a book uh, called I don't know if it's called the Five Love Languages. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, but but one of them is acts of service. Yeah, that's the only love language I have. <laughs> I the only I, one I don't think I have any others right right no second I apologize for that but it's just the way it is <laughs> you're gonna have I'm to learn like, it I just like for whoever your wife huge is. parties yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, it's not a bad one though it's uh, no no it's no. great but it's great. funny it's for me for me when, when I think of individualism I think of pedestrians in Stanford because okay. pedestrians cross wherever the heck oh yeah we like. do that oh, yeah just, we do that yeah there's just like I don't care that there's 30 cars backing up on Washington Boulevard oh, I'm just gonna cross right yeah. here right now because I want to right and well think, no I think crossing illegally is is an art and you can do it without backing up traffic if you can do yeah if you can do that without backing <laughs> it's traffic it's an art <laughs> yeah you're defending well, something illegal but okay <laughs> <laughs> right, right. no it is it is yeah. but no I don't I don't appreciate that actually never mind I could go into pedestrians and bikers all day long <laughs> <laughs> I am a biker, but <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's, that's something we've very much lost in our culture is that we are part of a bigger community. Yeah. And I think it starts with really small things too. And and when we talk about solidarity, it's for me, it, you know, when you go to the grocery store and I always like to, for whatever reason, I like to strike up conversations with the cashiers. Really? I don't know. It's just, I, yeah. I like to do that too. It's I think it's because we're Italian. I do. Well, not. cause I, do I don't know. Cause they always have something interesting to say and it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. And they're busy. They stand on their feet for eight-hour shifts and yeah, and like move things across the scanner for eight hours. It's so. mind-numbing. Yeah, have you ever done it? Uh, I have, no, I've never been a cashier. No, no. I, I Every once in yeah. a while, you find you know somebody like perk up about it though. You know what I mean? Oh, it makes like, sometimes it makes their day. It makes their day. Yeah. Just a little conversation. How you doing? What's going on? Crazy, crazy world, isn't it? Yep, crazy world. Last Raining, time, weather, whatever, pizza, anything you want to talk <laughs> about. Yeah. Last so, time I did it, the guy didn't charge me for bags. Right. That's how hey. grateful he was. Yeah. Said, sometimes I'll get only like they'll only charge me for one. I use three. Yeah. It's like a little steal from Thanks, Stanford. <laughs> actually, a tax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I try to do that when I'm pulled over by the cops, but I mean, yeah. No, no it's a little. Hey, so how's like, how your children? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like when I, I go running in the morning and I see the same people like either walking or running every single time I go running because everyone, humans are very habitual and we all have the same schedules apparently. And so like a smile and a hello, like sometimes people light up when you say that, Yeah. you know, I don't know. It's the little things and that can really make people say, so I think that's so like little ways that you can, you can be part of the community and engage the community every day. Yeah. And that's where it starts. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, I'm not like that at all. And I'm just, I think I'm just more introverted by nature. Yeah, I don't like, yeah. I don't oh, like, I don't, making, I don't like making small talk. Yeah. I'm the ultimate introvert. 
I'm the ultimate extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm an outgoing introvert. There should be an introvert. explosion between But, but I'm an outgoing introvert. I'm I'm not. <laughs> You're introverted introvert. I just don't like small talk. I right, this. Right. But but I think it's That's important. That's what we do here, though. It's, we're doing small talk, aren't we? Yeah. Right now? I don't we're talking so. about deep stuff. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Uh, like pizza. There's nothing small about this. No. Yeah. Because I think it does make a difference because it, it shows that we're part of a bigger community. And especially when you're a young adult living in a city, it can be very anonymous. Yeah, yeah. I think Henry David Thoreau said something like, New York City is a million people at the time living together in loneliness or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Which is so true. It's the loneliest place I've ever been is New York City where there's 9 million people around me. Sure. And I moved to Stamford, went from a city of 9 million to a city of 120,000 or whatever it is. And I haven't been alone since. Right. Oh. Hmm. So. Yeah, and, and maybe it's because I have the attitude of a New Yorker, which is like you don't talk to anyone unless you need to. Yeah. I remember when I moved to – I went to college in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And They talk. Oh, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> love it. That's the thing. I love it. You know, like I remember – I mean, I think I grew into it. I remember the first time that – it was my family, the four of us, that was uh, my, my two parents and my twin sister. We went to visit down in Nashville, and the elevator door opened up as, like the day I was going to visit Belmont. And the cleaning lady walked in and started talking to us. Mm. As soon as she left, all four of us looked at each other and were like, what the heck is happening? Like, I do not know how to respond. I don't know you. Why are you talking to me? You know, so. But that's that gift of solidarity is recognizing we're not not alone. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, when, when it comes to the Catholic social teaching, that's really like that we have a duty to look out for the poor, the homeless, the forgotten, yeah, the downtrodden. And, you know, practical level that looks like your elderly neighbor who you may not get any visitors. Do you check up on them? Do you mm. go do their dishes or whatever? I think that there's a, uh, I think there's a very skewed kind of idea of solidarity in our culture. Uh, but it's it's not like a, it's like a solidarity of victimhood almost. Mm. Like it's in, uh, like an elevated victimhood because you see anything that could like, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that you could see anything that could be on the edge of being considered bad. And if you look at social media, like social media explodes and like comes to the aid of, you know, who, whoever might be the victim for, for whatever it is. You know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, and then what that transforms into is a canceling of whoever the quote unquote perpetrator is, hmm. you know, and there's like this is not like a due process thing, obviously. You know what I mean? This is like takes 10 minutes and you're huge on Twitter. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like there's this like weird solidarity if you want to call it that but i wonder if that solidarity has come about because people are searching for community you know people feel like i'm all alone and that's and that's a a gift and a a real bad thing about the internet is maybe someone's feeling i don't know some some feeling of depression or whatever Mm -hmm. and they go online and they find a whole community of people that are suffering from depression and so that can either be a support to them or can continue to drag them well yeah especially if they're looking at supporting something that's not good for them Right. right Which is a problem. Right. You know, and I think um, I'm just reading here and it says solidarity is we are one human family, whether national, racial, ethnic, economic and ideological differences. We are our brothers and sisters keeper wherever they might be. And I think we we have gotten into the society where it's um, and it might, you know, it is kind of like it's the way of things. It's like I'm right and I'm good and you're wrong and you're bad. You know, once you do that, now you've broken down that thing. Because it used to be in liberal society, it used to be, I, this is my opinion, what's yours? Mm, right. And it's okay to disagree and you can live with somebody 
you know, and the United States is actually pretty good with this. We live next to all these people we disagree with all the time. And Melting pot. Kind of works, but it's it's less and less so. But at least at the end of the day, we would have, you know, you know, one of the best days in American history was September 12th, 2001. Yeah. Right. That yeah. is one of the best days in American history. Not and 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 it's and it's in spite of what happened on September 11th. Mm. It's they what the terrorists wanted to do, on, and we're recording this like two days before the 20th anniversary of September 11th. And it's you know what the terrorists looked to do. Actually, the opposite happened. The United States was never more unified. Yeah. You know, and it didn't matter what your political differences were. We were actually we were in solidarity together. Yeah. Um, we've lost that. I don't know if we'll ever have that again. But you know, I think that what brought us together was the fact that we had a common enemy mm. and and when you have a common enemy you have a common viewpoint and you know in the 1950s it did seem like that you know from what i hear from now of course i wasn't around but there was that feeling of like commonality because right. we had values in common you know mm-hmm. everyone was christian everyone went to church everybody knew that you had to respect your parents and your elders and not steal and do this thing you know so right. that so there was this commonality that allowed there to be a unity in communities you knew everybody, you knew your postman, you knew your, you know, your dentist, you knew everybody that was in the community. I don't think we have the common values and we've grown so large that, that it's very anonymous and that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think that that's a, a, the, the, uh, everything being anonymous is certainly a result of the internet. Oh yeah. You've never been, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't yell at someone profanely you know what i mean right in their face and and not have to show your face right and now you can and you can do it in like a split second yeah you don't even have to think about it yeah so i talk i listen to a lot of the you know the i don't know you people that have listened to me for a while would understand but like the jordan petersons and the ben shapiro's out there and they say that they're pretty strong they have pretty thick skin but reading the comments and the tweets over time is really hurt like it really hurts you after a while Mm. um and like you can it's hard to just you can you can only be so strong as to just let it you know fly off your your you know fly away but it's it's just hard to take over time and that's part of the internet is we don't have that solidarity it's it's just divi- everything is division everything is yeah. one side of an issue and other right and wrong it's like everything is well that's how you get clicks is oh yeah yeah clicks because i say i disagree with that or i disagree right. with this you know right. yeah and politics is just taken up and taken up that mentality entirely well because without without the common without the common vision let's say of f- like be living in faith politics ends up becoming your faith yeah yeah right and so and because politics is naturally divisive now we have people that are essentially religious republicans yeah or democrats (laughs) or or whatever or 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 the wokeism religion right it's it's true yeah everybody Um, has an idol yeah well that word religion comes from a latin religare or like ligare was like a ligament it means to bind so religion is what binds a culture together. It's what binds people together. So, so if you want to have solidarity with someone, you have to have common values, common views. Right. So yeah, it's true. It's a religion. But solidarity. So, so really, we should. I think uh, you know the challenge is to con- continue working on solidarity. But there's a flip side to solidarity, and that is subsidiarity. Do you ever hear about that? Because that's actually not on the, the USCCB website, but it's an important principle. Enlighten us. So subsidiarity is the idea that the people that should be making the decision are those closest to the issue. Mm. So it should be parents setting the curfew for their kids, not the federal government. You know, it should be 
the town, the city of Stamford dealing with the road issues. It shouldn't be the state of Connecticut, right? Because if you're closer, you know the issues. And and that's an important um, thing. So solidarity is great that we should look out for our, our neighbor, but our neighbor in Africa, uh, we don't have direct impact on that. We should look out for our neighbor that's closest to us, that we can make a difference, and that the federal government should respect the, the rights of smaller entities to determine their own course as far as possible. Yeah, I mean, that's the American system, right? Federalist system that we have, but... Well, it was in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's less and less now. Yeah. You look at the original federal budget and they had to, like, allocate coal for the White House. (laughs) Like, that was part, like, a line item in the federal budget. Was it really? Yeah. It's how small the federal budget was. When was it that they started income tax? Because it was like... Ah, 1913, the 16th Amendment to the Constitution. Really? Yep. Yeah, I actually passed a constitutional amendment. I'm impressed that you knew that. <laughs> Both my parents are tax professionals. My dad's a tax attorney. I know these things well. And I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So imagine that. We have, a, we have a government that's not taxing people. <laughs> yeah, they had a state tax. They did. Yeah, but we yeah. still do. And stamp tax. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, we had duties. Like those little stickers on your cigarette packs and playing cards and things like that. That's how we funded the government, federal government. Oh, my God. Crazy. But it makes you think like that that maybe we don't need the federal government to do these things that we should be doing more locally. For example, welfare. Mm. You know, a bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. is making a decision about a, a homeless man in Oklahoma. You know, maybe we could do that a little more efficiently mm. because you don't know the unique circumstances. And, and when we hear about these federal mandates coming down, especially for like EPA and uh, environmental stuff, I mean, do bureaucrats in Washington really know what's going on in a stream in Alaska? Why shouldn't no, it be? Why they think sh- they do. They think they do. Yeah. You may have the you may have the data, but do you you know if you don't live there, if you're not impacted by it, it's a little bit different. Really hard. Yeah, I mean we've 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 allowed our states over time have allowed the government to take more control, and then it impacts it does impact down to the church too, because the church, you know, the Catholic Church is tasked with taking care of a lot of these issues too, and hmm. you know without that we've seen the. Almost, I mean, how many Catholic hospitals are left in the United States? There's less and less every year, right? Yeah. And and it's because of the the funds and things have gone toward the big health systems, and and that's the way it goes sometimes. But um, but a lot of those a lot of those things have really, you know, have impacted not only you know the day to day. It's starting to impact the day to day life when maybe they wouldn't have 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah, so true. So closely related to solidarity or subsidiarity then is the idea that human beings have rights. And we kind of touched on that briefly in the, the last episode, but what are the rights that we have from God? What rights do we have? Life. Well, yeah, I was gonna, you know, if you want to throw the one out there that people disagree with the most, seemingly. Which it's one? life. Oh, life, yeah. yeah. Okay. Any others? It's the biggest one. I mean, it depends on... I mean, there's the ones that we have destined for us in our founding documents, but I mean, but I'm not sure the Catholic Church would agree with the pursuit of happiness. Well, originally it was the pursuit pro- of property. property. Property, yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't pursuit of property; it was a protection of property, which Catholic Church does support. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. They changed that. They that was oh, it's such a good story. So they changed it from property to 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 effectuate the end of slavery. To effectuate, I don't even know what that word means. It means to 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 help, like, like actualize it. Yeah, to make it because then you you because then the prop because slaves were property. Oh sure, sure. And they didn't want that. Okay. 
Yeah, it's all these little things that get lost in history. Yeah. So they they changed it from Thomas Paine's original Life, Liberty, and Property to Life, Liberty, and Pursuit of Happiness. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Because I would add other natural human rights, like, for example, the right to an education. I think that's a natural human right. I don't know. You yeah, could disagree. Think, you well, can say, think, like, I think uh, crazy, but... something like freedom of speech as well. Sure. Yeah, I think freedom of religion, freedom of speech, like First Amendment type rights. Education, I don't, I don't know. I think you can be a... You could be a faithful person without like a formal education. I think it's the responsibility of the parents to educate, right? First, the, the first teachers. Sure. So yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. It, it, that's that's a that's a weird one. I mean, Massachusetts Commonwealth was the first to have in like free and mandatory education. So really, yep. <laughs> I know a lot. Of, All these huh? random facts. I know a lot about the founding of the country. Today. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Actually, I didn't. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I don't know. I would think that. Yeah, I, I, I'm. A, I tend to agree with you here that you know, I think whether it's necessary yeah. or not, I think that everybody has the right to it. Yeah, to an extent, right? And and it should be parents. It's, it's just. It, but. It's just. I guess my my question is 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 who who I guess what when we when we say right, it's very important that we say okay. Well, then whose responsibility is that right to protect? Right. Right, right, and I think right, and then, <laughs> and then I think correct, yeah. and then I think I think that's where you start getting into politics. Sure, right, because you could say that the Catholic Church has a responsibility to educate. We do, and and it does. Yeah, well, it tries. We, um, we, we try to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so I think that that's like okay. Well, then should that responsibility be so? Who should the who should these rights be protected by? Well, subsidiarity would say that it should be the closest to the child, right? So the parents. But if, first, but if yeah. parents can't do it well, then it's subsumed by the community, right, or the church, you know, right. And then you can keep going, and that's the problem with when we start talking about rights. But I think the fundamental right is is life. Well, absolutely, right, absolutely. Because it's almost like you know, pride is the root of all sin. Life is the is the root of all rights. other rights. Yeah, yeah it's true. That's true. That's yeah. true. I like that you say uh, you said the fundamental right is life, and I, I like that because. Uh, if you remove life, you have nothing. You know what I mean? The only thing, the only thing that is other than being is non-being, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like. Ooh, that's deep. Well, but, but you know what I mean? So like anybody yeah. that wants to propose any argument for why someone should have a right to anything must believe fundamentally they have a right to life. Okay. Yeah. Then, then I'm going to throw out uh, a, a controversial question. Uh-oh. So does that right to life then include, because obviously abortion is kind of what we all think of when we hear right to life. Right. But does it include a right to food, shelter, health care, and all the other things you need to live? No, I don't, I don't necessarily think so because of the, the right to life allows you to, because God has given us the gifts to go out and, and there's some exceptions to this rule, but I would say that. I go back to who who protects that right, right? And and I think it's as and as you say, it's subsidiarity. So it goes down to the community. So the community has an obligation to to support those things. But right, I, I just I'm getting confused with the political side of things. So I think it's I think yeah, I think it's like in terms of do you have a right to and food, shelter, and you said what was the third one? I said health care. You can say other things, right? Too. Yeah. So I think. Uh, I think, yeah, it's the same thing of like, to an extent, yeah, maybe, you know what I mean? Or at least in a sense that if you've got those things, you have the right of like protection of them. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. you know. But if you don't have but, them, I mean, it, yeah. But know, I'm not sure if it would homeless be a people still have a right to shelter. I, I think you can always lose your rights. Right. I think we have. I think. I think, I think we have a right to to uh, be charitable. Maybe obligation. Yeah, we have an, an obligation, obligation to, be to be charitable. But I I think it's. It just gets political, and I think that's where and then and then it's always well, who guarantees those rights? Right. It doesn't and have it, to be the federal government, and it always doesn't have to be the federal government or state governments or whoever government. Um, right. And so it could that, be the church has the right, and and to, it can, and 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 the church has the obligation, maybe. Yeah. Right. I mean, responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Responsibility too. So, I think that that's 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 why where I draw the fine line. Yeah. I think it's, I think that's important because uh, you know. Now, people that are pro-life from abortion obviously don't think that we should, you know, now just abandon the child and just say, "Oh, well, good luck and right. have a good time." You know, no, no one actually says that. And a lot of times, pro-choicers will caricature, caricature pro-lifers and say, "Well, you don't care about the baby after it's born." Well, no, of course we do. Yeah, that's why I have giant adoption agencies and support networks and, and, and food pantries all. and right. I mean, you know, shelter assistance. I mean, the Catholic Church is the number one social service organization in the world. Yeah. So clearly we care about human rights. You know? Right. Right. But I think it's important to articulate as well, because there is, this, especially within conservatism, conservatism, there's kind of a view that like, okay, well, you're born now. Good luck. You're on your own. Right. Um, you know, pull up your bootstraps and get a good job and, you know. Yeah. So political conservatives, we wouldn't say, we wouldn't say like, good luck. We would just say it's not the responsibility of the state. Right. However you define that. Which is fair. Yeah. And... And if it is, if you do want to place it on the response, I think the state can act as a very like desperate safe, social safety net because there are people in society that are alone and they truly don't have anything else. Yeah. Right. And that's where like if you have if there's somebody with disabilities, I'm just learning about this now because we're looking at a potential investment. It's like, if there's people with disabilities and they truly can't take care of themselves, there are federal and state programs that will support those people and put them in really nice like not. They're not like facilities, but they're homes that where they can live, and it's it costs a lot of money. It costs one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year per person. Wow, very expensive. That's where the state can come in and say, like, okay, that's something that's reasonable that most people can get behind to support because it's just a lot of money, um, and like the church probably can't afford that for on a big scale. Yeah, but the government probably could. Yeah. So I think there's things like that that are like deep social safety nets. A conservative would just say it's it's the responsibility of the community um, on a volunteer basis. It's the responsibility of churches and other charitable organizations to take care of it because they're going to do it more efficiently. Yeah. And at the same time, there's a responsibility for the individual back to the state, right? And and so like, yes, you have a right to health care, but you also have a right, you have to have a responsibility to not abuse that by... Right. Living a healthy life, not just sitting around smoking and getting diabetes. Yeah. And that's moral hazard. We call it moral hazard. <laughs> yeah, where it's like once you have insurance, you take more risk. Really? Yeah, it's, it's an insurance term, right? It's, but it's used. It's like if you have if you have insurance, like you're gonna if if you don't have car insurance, you're probably gonna drive less aggressively. Hmm. Um, right. So people do that subconsciously, and so when you give people everyone free healthcare, it's something that happens in society. Is where they you either enforce healthy living or you have unhealthy people because they just don't care. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to realize the responsibilities go both ways. Yeah. For Correct. The community to the person and right. the person to the community. Yeah, yeah. It's the rights and the obligations. Right. Yeah. This is the, right. This is the thing we have to balance here. Yeah. Right. Can you think of any other obligations that we have to the community then? 
In what respect? Like, I think we have, I think we have an obligation to vote and to be part of the political process. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it's a sin not to vote, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I vote really to you know. It's I think we have an obligation to like keep the streets clean and not litter and yeah, yeah. Care for the and care for God's creation. Oh yeah, that's actually one of the topics. <laughs> yeah, it's the last one. That's true. That's yeah. true. And and it's interesting because people, a lot of people, look at that as a, a particularly liberal issue. Yeah, it's like it's politicized uh, environmentalism. So, how do you find a Catholic answer to that environmentalist issue? Just don't don't abuse don't abuse things. Like I, I don't know. It's it's I, I I see it as common sense. Like I don't know. Like don't. Do don't. you have an electric car? No, of course not. I drive a gas guzzling SUV. Okay. Yeah, he does actually. Yeah. Huge, <laughs> huge <behemoth laughs> thing. No, well, no, I mean, no, I mean, I, I really, I was only, I mean, because I don't even really know the. Uh, the science behind what would make one, you know, more efficient than the other. Oh, electric uh, car. There's all types of issues. Yeah, not, yeah. Sure. I mean, uh, where do you get electricity I, well, from? Well, that's what I mean. I'm sure that this is not as simple as oh, you know, an electric car yeah. is better. But uh, yeah, I, I, think, I guess in terms of like responsibility, right? That could be like that could be a huge thing because not only is that not only is that a potential responsibility, that is an expensive responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I, I think that a lot of it, but but what I do, is I think what the, again, what, what people would say is like, when you talk about conservative and liberal or whatever, and I think the, the thing is that like God gave us dominion over the earth, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, and we, then it's the reciprocal responsibility. So then we have the responsibility to take care of it. Um, and because with great power comes great responsibility. Nice. Hey, um, okay, anyway. that's the second nerdy yeah, Marvel wow. movie. Anyway, um, reference. <laughs> that's not. That's pre. I'm sorry. That's DC United. That's no, no, no. That's Marvel. Is that Marvel? Yeah, oh, yeah. Spider Man. Sorry. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's a term that predates that, like <laughs> that's true. hundreds of years. No, no. Almost. Probably Uncle in the Bible Ben. Somewhere. Right. <laughs> anyway, Uncle so, Ben said it. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so in any case, but I, I think that you know we we have to take care of the the earth. But I think it's where you put the earth you know, mother nature, so to speak, as a false idol. Mm. And that's where I think a lot of conservatives would be like, nope. Yeah. Sorry. Like the person always has dig- greater dignity than the earth. Right. And I think it always comes up in like, I used to do fossil fuel investing. I used to invest in oil companies, essentially, mm. oil and gas companies. It always come up like, it, what's better? Is it people that don't have electricity that are dying in hospitals that don't have enough power in India or building a coal-fired power plant? Mm. What do you choose? Yeah. You pick. We live in a Western society that can have a variety of power options and loads of resources at the plenty that are all cheap, but a lot of places don't. So you can always take two sides of every argument. That's a very good point. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us in this episode of Restless. I hope you learned something. I hope uh, you learned about solidarity, subsidiarity, care for the environment, and some of these great principles of Catholic social thought. Go look up more on your own. Dive deeper into this topic. It's really fascinating, and I think it just shapes our worldview as Christians and how we are to live in today's crazy, crazy world. You've joined us on Restless, which you can find on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time. God bless you.